0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, Mr. Ethan Aractos Midrange Sacks. I got proposition this morning, Ethan. I, I woke up to a message that says... You want to watch
1: some Pioneer? <laughs> of course, my answer was yes. Wow, I thought you might, I thought there it could have gone one of two ways. Because first what I did was I said, sheepishly, can we record a little later this morning? <laughs> I, I didn't know this was Pioneer related. I assumed I Jonah, I assumed you had the best of intentions. I know. That's, I didn't want to tell you because I figured if I said it was Pioneer related, if I used the P word, I would have been in trouble. <laughs> but you were, you were pleasantly surprised. You even helped me with uh, one of my decisions of what to take with a, a duress. Oh, yeah. Landed on the correct decision, obviously. Obviously. No no studying, just got it right the first time. Um, buddy, I just posted on Twitter that I have, in, in preparation for the Pro Tour, I'm approaching 300 matches of Constructed Magic. I am so excited to play Limited <laughs> again. <laughs> I was like, I'm going like, to let everyone else figure it out once M- MKM drops and maybe shakes up the format, but I'm going to start focusing on what I'm actually good at, which is 40 card decks.
0: Yeah, that'll be awesome that you just get to like lay off the constructed matches and get to draft. This format. Seems I have fingers crossed. I have very high hopes after playing sealed and just kind of seeing the cards and how they feel.
1: Yeah. So we each did one pre-release this week and I've actually done about four practice drafts and played out about half a dozen uh, matches with my testing team in advance of the pro tour. So we actually have a good little bit of stuff to chat about in terms of card evaluation shifting, big picture stuff. And then I think even Ben was very excited. He was like, are we actually going to do this for the, in the first episode of the format? I think we're going to look at a draft log. Woo! I always put it in the show notes hoping and we never have time for it. Yeah, I think I think we can make time for it today. So uh, let's get some housekeeping stuff out of the way and then we'll dive into the episode. First things first, the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where folks can go to give back to the show if they so choose. The show is always free, but Got a lot of great perks over at the Patreon page, depending on which reward tier you want to give back via and the base level. Everybody gets access to the Lords of Limited Discord. It's hopping, it's popping, 24-7 limited tech support. You know what I'm excited for on Tuesday? You know, so we have for uh, channels that have like, Recent activity, like a message in the last, I think, five or 10 minutes. We have like all of
0: MKM being on fire for 48
1: hours. Little fire emoji. (laughs) Yeah. MKM channels are going to be on fire for a long time. And that's great. I'm really excited for this set to drop. And I got to say, like, I'm kind of bummed about no early access as a content creator, I guess. But I'm really excited, like, just as a Magic player to feel like we're all on the same page at the same time, though there's not this weird, like, slight lag, but also I feel like the early access event sometimes give us gives us like false pieces of data where we like assume things are true, but then they're not because people are just messing around or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to be grinding it up with the plebs. I think I might be starting from bronze. I'm not sure. <laughs> I maybe mean, like It's, it's going to oh, be low because I was it's been two months since I've been mythic because I was kind of off LCI mm-hmm. and then we were doing cons. But I, you're, you know, you're best of out three, in right? Vintage cube. Yeah, I was best of three in cons. So I didn't. Didn't do best of one for that. So I was it's been two months since I've been mythic. So whatever two months worth of rank decay is with not much ranked on arena.
1: This might be great for you, actually, because if you're going to start in gold, you're just going to start crushing people. And you're going to be like, this format's great. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I <laughs> love the format. We're getting, getting positive Ben <laughs> back. Yeah. So the Discord is great. Uh, other awesome stuff as you move up the reward tier, if you want access to the show a day in advance, access to our show notes, even access to monthly coaching sessions with me or Ben, any or all of that is available to you via the Patreon. And we, of course, want to shout out our new patrons the first week that they joined. So this week we're welcoming Jonathan, Jacob, Andrew, Leon, Anton, James, Jared, Thomas, Reese, Alessandro, Krista, Corey, Gavin, Lionel, and of course pleated pants thank of you course. thank you thank you we really appreciate your support where you at on pleated pants you, you a pleated guy or are you a flat front I'm a fan of our patron pleated pants I'm not a fan of wearing pleated pants myself
0: I've gone back and forth I'm come around full circle I was pleated for a while and then I went flat front for a while and I think I'm, I'm back to the com- pleated pants for Mr. Wernie
1: wow yeah yeah Mr. <laughs> Wernie needs to wear pleated pants
0: I believe that yeah, thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you as well to coolstuffinc.com where they've got cool stuff in stock. And you better believe that is murders at Karlov Manor loot. You need to get those play boosters locked up in the closet. You need to get those play boosters ready to draft with us at MagicCon Chicago. You need to do all of your ordering over at CoolStuffInc.com. And whenever you do, please make sure you use Check out code LOL, all caps, to let them know that we sent you over there, as well as get
1: 5% off your order. Speaking of play boosters, you notice a difference? Are the, are the packs juiced, Ben? Are they, are they super juiced? You get 24 rares in your sealed pool on uh, Friday night? I did not get 24 rares in my sealed pool
0: on Friday night, but I was. It was so funny. After the draft, there's a guy I played table tennis with it by LGS who was near the top tables with me, and he was like, so... How were all the rares? And I was like, oh, I only had one rare. And I was like, oh no, I had two. Oh no, three. Oh no, four. Oh wait, no, I, I guess I had five rares in my deck. I mean, but they weren't broken other than the one that I had the 6 5 flying ward sacrifice a creature. That card was absurd. Whenever a creature dies, you drain two, gain two.
1: Oh God. Oh, that's like blood. Was it the uh, blood artist's cousin or whatever? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was very, very big, very scary. Won me a lot of games. But. I did feel like it felt less cards, right? You have one less card. It did seem
1: less and I had right, more you're uncommons. Out of your, you're I, out of your mind. Listen, it felt
0: different. I did not enjoy opening like the art cards in my boosters. But, like that's that's old man get off my lawn type stuff. For sure. And I I'm, I'm well aware of that and I'm not really complaining about that. M- more than anything to say that it it did feel a little different, but not in a bad way. And certainly the format playing with it just felt really powerful in a good way, like felt March of the Machine-esque to me. And
1: and that was cool. Yes, powerful, but not in a like spiky way. And I mean, spiky in terms of like a graph spiking, right? Like it didn't feel like we're all cruising along at one level. And then oops, here's this card. It felt like we all got to do similar things. So yeah, I think you have a a note later on in uh, the show notes about it being like March of the Machine 2.0 electric boogaloo or whatever. And I think that's... That feels right to me too. Yeah. So I
0: take it by your disgusted reactions
1: that you did not notice a difference with play boosters. No, I like truly like the only reason I like notice a difference is because like we've been thinking about it for so long, but wouldn't have noticed a difference in terms of rarity spread. I don't think I would have noticed a difference. I mean, just in the in sealed in draft, I think it'll definitely start to feel a little different. Certainly with the I noticed myself like having to be like, oh, a white card is missing. So white. Oh, wait, no, no, relax. There's only four. Four colors guaranteed at common, not all five. So that sort of calibration, I think, in the draft will feel a little different. But I, like you said, different, but not in a bad way.
0: Do you know where I noticed a difference? Those prize packs,
1: getting oh boosters gosh. that we can play with as prize packs again, felt so good. I mean, RIP whatever ki- like kids I used to find in my LGS because I like what I used <laughs> to do is I would open up my set boosters if there was like any like big money card. I might take that to try and like sell for store credit or whatever, but then otherwise I just like go up to a kid and be like, do you want this pack of this like pile of magic cards? Not anymore. I'm, I got, I'm starting a collection of my closet now too. <laughs> Let's go. And also speaking of prize packs, what did you get? Like 32 prize packs for your, <laughs> for your win at the pre-release? I got 21 prize packs and then I uh, got, got some packs donated
0: from some friends. So shout out to Brian. Uh, jacob and dj each donating one pack to get me to a
1: full 24 draft set of packs i gotta i gotta come out to indiana we got pack per win pre-releases out here in pittsburgh well that's what ours is too but then they pay out the the leftover like Watsy sponsored boosters i guess to first second third oh that's pretty cool okay okay i'm into that well so pre-release stories anything anything great i actually had my sealed pool i guess i noticed this it was really deep i did sleeve up two different decks and i didn't i had a blue green like bunch of clues value deck and i had a nice red white aggro deck i was mostly interested in trying out that red one drop um which we'll chat about a little bit later but i just couldn't decide and so for match match one and match three i had like friendly faces across the table so i just presented both decks and i said you get to pick which one do you want me to play? When you say friendly faces, you mean people you know? People I knew, not just right. like someone so you smiling, weren't, you weren't flexing on random strangers. Yeah, I was trying to think. I was like talking with some friends before. And I was like, "There's no way for me to not come off as a jerk by being <laughs> right, like." That's what I was thinking yeah. when I read this. I was thinking, "Wow, someone's feeling himself here." No, no, flexing no. Flexing on the no. local game store. No, I would not do that. Um, how about you? Yeah, I know you. I know you won from Twitter, and you got those prize packs. How your sealed pool is great. What you blue black control? Yeah, blue black control. My white was also excellent.
0: I had white sleeved up as well. Um, and if I needed more spot removal or just more removal in general, um, I could swap out blue for white. Um, but I was a little worried about just getting attritioned out and having too much removal starting with black white. But there were a lot of good rares running around. Um, so I sighted into white in one match when I played against the Sphinx because I had a second wrath in white, which was mm-hmm. also a clean way to get the the five, five flying. You oh, yeah, yeah get yeah. X proof lifelink, whatever off the battlefield. But yeah, it was sweet. Good games, good opponents. Uh, lots of fun.
1: Well, let's get into it. So I- impressions of the format mechanics so far. I want to start off by uh, props to you, as I often will give for your early takes. Collect evidence as bargain, I think was a good comparison. It has felt fairly easy to enable and I think is mostly just upside on a card like flexible upside rather than a hoop to jump through.
0: I can't really say. I've seen no evidence collected yet. Really? <laughs> I, I did not do any evidence collecting. I had a couple cards. Oh, wow. I could, um, and my opponents never collected evidence at the pre-release either, so oh, yeah, I will take your word for it. And yeah. I, that's kind of what it felt like it was going to be to me. And after playing with the cards, I still kind of see it that way, but have yeah, no
1: experience yet. I collected quite a bit of evidence in my in my drafts this week and in, in sealed as well. And so in the drafts, did you feel like, you know, there were definitely some collect
0: evidence archetypes or build around ish type cars. Did you feel like confident enough to think that those might get there? Or you just think that it is a fine thing to have in a card to do without focusing on those build arounds?
1: That I'm a little more skeptical of. And I again, we're all working with infinitesimal sample sizes here. But I think that the one draft I did in the low discord, I didn't play out any games from, but I tried to do the blue green collect evidence thing. I think pick three, I got the signpost to drop the two mana two, two at the beginning of combat. You can collect evidence for and Whenever you collect evidence, you investigate. I was like, Oh, well, let's see, see if you can do that. Felt a little tough to like make that come together. But I think that's more on me, like trying to think about the deck as like a plus B synergy in a way, rather than just like, collect evidence is good it will happen you don't need to like worry about it happening but like the, there was only one time you know i've played a, a handful of games with the black edict that has collect evidence six and if you do they sack the greatest or the biggest thing they have that i think there's only like one time where i had that in my hand i was like oh i wish i could collect evidence on this and i can't but otherwise yeah i think it's been fairly fairly doable sweet This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Relationships take work is a phrase that I feel like is commonly thrown around, whether that's in your romantic relationships, work relationships, or just with
0: friends. But I often feel like the work is best done on yourself so that you can come to any relationship as your best self. Therapy can be a great place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships.
1: My senior year of college, I went through a breakup that really took me a long time to get over. I went to see one of the college counselors and they helped me work through it put in perspective the things that I really didn't like about that relationship, and what I would want to be different with the next person I dated. If you're thinking of starting therapy,
0: give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
1: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com lords today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash lords. And now back to the show.
0: Are you ready for the hot take? I see it in the show notes. I don't know if I'm ready for it. I don't know if the world's ready for it.
1: I think shock is better than galvanize. So shock is single red, deal two to any target. Galvanize is the one and a red, deal three to a creature. If you've drawn a second card this turn, deal five to it instead. I was thinking this earlier, and then this sequencing thing came up in my uh, finals match. My opponent played a two mana three two on turn two and i was like i had shock and galvanize in hand i was like great i will shock that because i get to kill a thing with two toughness and i'll hold my thing that can deal with maybe something bigger and then passed and then on turn three they played a disguise creature and i thought well i wish i had done this differently i wish i had galvanized the three two and had my shock to pay three mana to kill the disguise creature now Whatever, that's one situation I think that's important to think about for your sequencing if you have that exact situation come up. But I just think, and tell me if you feel differently, everything is very small in this set. The creatures are small. I have looked at boards of tutus, both face up and face down, and I just think shock being so efficient slash mana neutral, like you trading even on mana with disguise creatures... I'm going my 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 pick word in my head is I want shock one. Then I want galvanize one. And then I think I want shock Two, shock three. Ooh, yeah. I love this confidence from Ethan just laying out the takes. I don't know that
0: I'm ready to co-sign it yet, but I'm close. And it was feeling similarly. I just don't have quite as much experience in draft gameplay yet, where I assume efficiency is going to matter more. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not crazy to me. I could certainly see it. I just don't have enough experience to have a strong opinion to weigh in yet.
1: And my feeling so far is that there's not a lot of great stuff to do before turn three. So the good stuff is really good. That good stuff, I think, is often coming at uncommon or or maybe rare in Mythic. But I've we'll, we'll chat about a, a few uncommons a little later. Um, but you, you feel slightly differently so far? Yeah, I don't know that I agree. I feel like there's a lot of good twos running around. I feel like it was
0: certainly possible to curve out two, three, four and seal. That happened a lot for my opponents, happened a mm. lot for me. I do agree that the, the premium twos are obviously always really, right. really good. But I didn't feel that uh, games were starting on turn three, a la cons of Tarkir no. or something. No, that's
1: sorry. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just more like trying to emphasize like how good and maybe we don't need to emphasize this because it's Modern Limited, but how good. The good two drops are like they're so much better than the filler ones like oh the, yeah 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 you know what I'm talking about and I think one three for two might be a good stat line in this format you've got a bit of a hot take when we get to chatting about maybe some top green commons but the two mana one three reach in green with collect evidence six I think is quite good and without any collecting of evidence I think it's just like a good stat line to blank two ones to bounce off of two twos early etc Yeah, we might as well chat about it now.
0: So it's V2 Ghazi inspectors, one in green for a one three. You can cast it and collect evidence six. If you do, it gets a plus one plus one counter and you gain two. I think even if you don't collect evidence, like the one three reach. And again, I haven't seen this card on the battlefield yet, but just would have have wanted it on the battlefield, like in a lot of the games. And this is what gives me high hopes for the format. Like think about the format that shall not be spoken of LCI, but how much you would have wanted a 1-3 yeah. reach in green there, like and how much that would have changed the format. And, you know, certainly if that were a 2-4, like it just it just lines up very well against a lot of the good blue and white cards that we've already seen in Murders at Karlov Manor. And I think also cool that, you know, collect evidence seems to be there. And we, we, you know, we've knocked these later game mechanics recently just as being a little clunky and harder to set up than some of the more streamlined ones. But the colors that have the late game mechanics in Murders at Karlov Manor also just have good classic tools to help you get to the late game, I think, which is going to be a huge boon for them and for the mechanics.
1: Well, and one other shout about the V2 Ghazi two drop is that I didn't I just sort of decided in my head that it could only grow itself. It can put the counter anywhere. Ooh, I didn't know that either. (laughs) Yeah. So that I think just bumps it up even more, makes it a better late game card as well. I also wonder what this means about reasonable doubt. This is the counter spell, the one in a blue counter target spell, unless it's controller pays two, suspect up to one target creature, because there's not a lot of great stuff, I think, to do early. Like, I think the thought was about reasonable. doubt's not going to be good, right? Because everyone's holding up two mana for their clues and for their undisguised creatures, whatever. I'm not sure, one, how much that's the case. Certainly in those early turns, like you're tapping out. It's modern magic. Like you got stuff to do with your mana. People are tapping out. I, I'm I'm I got my eyes on reasonable doubt.
0: I don't I love it still. I agree. It's got potential, I mean, but I'm not willing to like go all in on. This is one of the top blue commons yet, because I think a lot of decks do want to on turn four specifically, which is when you really start to get a mana advantage on reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. want to have played a disguised creature flip up that disguise creature for two mana, double spell maybe, and then you're just trading with a two drop. I, I think it's a fine card. It's certainly playable. I just don't know
1: about one of the top commons. Disguise has seemed really well designed to me so far. And I also think we nailed the bit. I mean, not that it was hard, but I think we nailed the big four common hybrid morphs. That's Dog Walker is the red, white one, the three, one flips up, you get two, one ones tapped. Gadget Technician, that's the three, two that Brings a one-one uh, thopter along with it. Fairy Snoop is the demir one-four. If you flip it up, um, you get to look at the top two cards. Put one in your hand, one into your yard. And Sanguine Savior is the two-one lifelinker and Orzov. I think those are all excellent cards. And I've like exactly how we thought they would play out. Of like, you can put the black-white hybrid one in your white-blue deck or whatever. You know, like they're they're pretty flexible picks in that respect.
0: Yeah, I definitely did that at the pre-release with a lot of these. I would have killed for some fairy snoops, but didn't have any. I did get to play with Granite Witness, and I think I would also add that to this list. That's the blue white one. That's a three two flyer with vigilance, uh, which is also just huge. Having vigilance and flying flying has been great in the format. Shocking news at 11 (laughs) limited players like flying. But the flexibility of its play patterns as far as offense and defense is really cool, like being able to flip it up on your turn and tap down a blocker to use it in offensive mode, but also then to flip it up on the opponent's turn and tap down attacker and then like swing the next turn. It just felt very versatile as far as controlling tempo in the games for, for a cheap flip up cost. And that's kind of my feeling about disguise cards right now is that if they flip up for more than two mana, with the exception of Fairy Snoop at common, like I am just completely uninterested.
1: Right, like, you're just not, like, I, I did flip up the 6-7 the reach, the, the red-green hybrid, but, like, that was in my deck just as, like, this is just disguise filler like if i flip it up it's gravy but it's mostly just there as something to to do on three well and that's in sealed too right like right, you're right. never you're never happy about that in draft or maybe i
0: mean certainly no, I red agree. green like the tough thing for draft is that all five of these good ones if we're
1: adding granite witness to the list are white and blue yeah. like white and blue overlaps all of them well, and this was a lot of the scuttle, I think, from our Discord going into the format was like, white looks juiced. And we certainly felt like, well, white's commons look juiced. It's uncommons, not so much. I don't know if that even holds water anymore. But like, I do think white's really, uh, white and red for me have like the, the, those are my focus spots right now. I think those colors are great. And that color pair is really, really good. But I do think it's important to point out what you did, which is that white and blue overlap the top half. Of these disguise cards. And this, like, this top half is like it's a big gap. Like it's a the, huge gap. The four green ones are all just clunk city. <laughs> right. And I, I know I I know we hate green on this podcast, and it's a bit now, but like they're all really clunky and bad.
0: They are all really clunky and bad. And, and green's supposed to be the <laughs> color that gets to do the disguising. Like, that's what we were talking about in the crash course, but it really did bear itself out that way after playing with the cards completely. And the other thing I've felt about disguising at the pre-release was if I had the chance to kill a disguise creature before my opponent flipped it up like I wanted to do it they were almost all good and certainly in draft I would imagine if your opponents are playing disguise creatures they're gonna be the good ones because the bad ones are so bad like there is that
1: gap right well yeah and and it also feels like you you can get got by your removal, right? Like you try and let's say you, you're like, well, I'm not worried about, they only have four mana. So I can shock this thing into open mana and not feel like I can get got. And then it's like, nope, it's Fairy Snoop. It's not quite the KTK rules of whatever. You'll never get got for less than five mana um, in terms of, you know, trading with a 2-2. And it's, it's not slightly true with the Snoop, right? You're still bouncing off of a 2-2, but you do blank a shock. But I also had like a spot where, I had the one in a black can't be countered destroy a thing that's mana value three or less. And I was like, oh, I, I need to kill this disguised creature while it's face down because I could get blown out if this thing flips up and happens to be more than more three, than, mana. More than three mana. Yeah, maybe that was why I
0: felt that I had two of that card, but also just they, they have great bonuses when they flip up. Right, like Dog Walkers, Dog Walkers, a huge problem when it flips up. And if you get it while it's disguised, it is much better for you and, and just want to hammer home the point about like the flip up cost of two with yes the, with the exception of fairy snoop like if you're disguising like it needs to be disguising towards mana efficiency like it's not cons of tarkir-esque in like okay i'm gonna play my disguise thing on turn three and then i'm gonna play a disguise thing on turn four and then i'm gonna be choked on mana the rest of the game trying to spend five and six mana to flip up these disguised creatures like
1: i feel pretty strongly that that is going to be a losing recipe in murders of Karlob Manor. I said last week that I thought the format was likely to be an 18 lander for me because of disguise and clues. What did you think about that in your one sealed run? Yeah, I
0: played 18 lands and like maybe would have run 19 like in wow. sealed. I don't know. I wanted man. I was super man hungry, partially because of sources, right? Because I was playing those off color disguise creatures. So they were all double blue for me. So I and so I had was that your... triple black, triple black rare. I had a nine nine split. Okay. But if I hadn't had the triple black rare, I probably would have gone 10-8 in favor of blue to mm-hmm. try to hit those those blue common uh, hybrid morphs on curve. But it was partially sources, but also partially mana hungry. Like, it was just hard to run out of stuff to do in sealed. I I mean, and to- I had a good totally sealed pool agree. also. Like, I had a wrath. Like, I had good rares at the top of my curve that I didn't want to miss land drops for.
1: Yes, I, I agree. I I've been doing a mix in draft. But what's nice is, like, you can, there is fixing running around, but like I, I did a draft. I ended up in black, white with two copies of the um, five mana blue, black mind control effect. You like steal their creature. It's a one, one loses its power and toughness. It's base one, one and has death touch. And I only ended up with one escape tunnel. And I was like, that's I can do escape tunnel plus two islands and go 18 lands. And I don't feel bad about running 18 lands. And then I get my sources count up to something respectable, you know? And that's a nice... Spot to be in, yeah.
0: I was very impressed with the eighteen lands, and I often chose to draw and sealed. Also, my pool was pretty unique in that I had a lot of cheap, efficient removal and a lot of good early plays. But it Mm -hmm. it felt good drawing and sealed to me. What what did you think about the the fixing available to you? Oof, my pool did not have any, which I was feeling a lot. If I had had an escape tunnel or a public thoroughfare or even even two of one of each or something, I could have splashed quite a bit and gone a lot deeper. But I didn't have that, but it opens up so much for you when it comes to splashing the off color disguise creatures, or there just are good rare disguise creatures that have a single pip when you flip up from disguising them. So I was very impressed with those two cards and really wanted them in sealed. And I imagine you will want to pick them up in draft too, just to leave options like that open for yourself.
1: I think so. I think so too. One thing that, oh, my first round opponent, uh, they unfortunately they got like mana screwed both games like stuck on three game one stuck on two game two but in game two they had planes and their second land was the clue land and afterwards he was like i think this card might be terrible because i was stuck on mana if you have any and like there is incidental ways to blow up artifacts and enchantments he was like if you have any way to interact with artifacts in your deck you're just gonna stone rain me, and like the fact, I, I think artifact on that card is a downside. That's so fair. Just throwing that out there. It seems a little niche, but it's fair. Wow, Ben, you're the first time you get your cool I will land be so blowing. mad. The yeah. first time it happens, I will be furious. <laughs> yeah, it's a salty sea dog. So going into your first draft on Tuesday, what were what, your your thoughts at? Well, first of all, we need to chat about removal. Removal is oh.
0: back. In a big way. The efficient removal in the set is I incredible. Like, so for example, jury was out for me on the white exile effect, makeshift binding, two and a white exile creature. When mm. makeshift binding leaves the battlefield, you gain two life. The card is incredible. Agreed. Well,
1: There's that's just interesting because later on you're not you're down on the the blue aura. I I found the blue aura to be fine. This is dramatic accusation. Two and a blue. Tap a thing, keep it tapped, and you can pay blue blue to shuffle it into its owner's library. Again, this was in sealed. I played it. So, you know, you have to it's slightly slower. You have to get your removal where you can. But like I shuffled in a what's it called? Vanifar, a mythic bomb. Like I I found that to be pretty effective. Yeah, I mean, in the same
0: way that five mana kill a thing at sorcery speed is effective. Like when there's a bomb on the battlefield, it gets the job done. But that card is clunky with a capital C.
1: Okay, all right, that's, fair. that's and fair. And
0: there's no life gain, like that's a big difference. Yeah, I think certainly the two life off the white card goes a long way when you're trying to stabilize. So I was really impressed with all the good removal.
1: I'm not saying they're the same for sure. I'm not saying they're they're as good as each other. And I agree with you the the white one is very good. And obviously, I'm I'm high on efficient removal. The most efficient of them all is shock, my friend.
0: Right. Well, and that's what leads me back to the format feeling like March of the Machine-esque, right? We had great interaction, great threats there. Like, it just seems like there's going to be a lot of good, limited gameplay, a lot of good, clean, clean gameplay. Yeah. So heading into the first drafts, I think the early decks to draft and try to win with are going to be the white beatdown decks, especially blue-white detectives. That deck just looks like it's going to be a complete menace in the format. I just want to draft red, white dog walkers. That's all I want to do. <laughs> red, white dog walkers. I mean, certainly red, white, I think, is going to be able to beat down as well. But I think, you know, like level two, I, I do think there's going to be a ton of room for the format to breathe and adapt. That's my that's my hope. And it, it really does look like there is tools that the other colors get to combat those white curve out attack you with flyers or curve out, you know, attack you with Boros battalion. Mm-hmm. I think I think black and green get the tools to try to stop that.
1: Yeah, I buy that for sure.
0: And then we talked about this already, but it is it is a bit awkward for format balance that all those good disguise hybrid commons touch white and blue. I mean, that's certainly going to juice blue and white a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think the tools are there for the other colors. And I'm going into this just treating the format like March of the Machine. It seems like a lot of color pairs want to do similar things to what they did in March of the Machine. Certainly, Blue White Detectives is almost. Uh, an analog comp for for blue white knights it's gonna be that same type of aggro beat down deck
1: we got gumption coming back gumption 2.0 coming into this I format. i don't know
0: about red black uh yeah. suspect. we haven't talked about suspect at all that felt great it was yeah. a
1: really cool
0: mechanic yes i liked the gameplay of it it just was as flexible as we thought it was going to be it mattered when your opponent suspected a creature and then fell behind they got punished for choosing to suspect a creature and not reading how the game was going to turn around Mm -hmm. yeah it was very cool yeah at some point in our illustrious love lives we've all asked our partner that age-old question that people have been asking for probably thousands of years does
1: this resolve no keeper mulligan no. <laughs> How are you sideboarding against Blue Red Phoenix? Sorry, I've been playing too much Pioneer. As far as I'm concerned, there is nothing happening before February 23rd. Not true, Ethan. Valentine's Day is coming up and MeUndies is here to help you look and feel great with tons of styles and options so you can find what's just right for you and your partner. MeUndies has something for everyone from all black classics to fun expressive print and sizes ranging from extra small to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. MeUndies' signature fabric is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. It's breathable,
0: stretchy, and as cozy as casting a turn one thought season pioneer. This Valentine's Day, good things come in big packages at MeUndies. Get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at
1: MeUndies.com slash LOL. That's MeUndies.com slash LOL for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. All right, so we've got a list of cards here to chat about. Some just sort of like checking in on Cards we like, cards we didn't like. If they're moving up or down, whatever. um First up, I've got Inside Source. This is the Tuna White One One ETBs. You get a Two Two uh, White and Blue Detective Creature Token, and then three tap. Target Detective you control gets plus two plus zero and gains Vigilance until end of turn. Activate only as a Sorcery. Not really activating this very much. It's quite expensive to activate um and Sorcery speed. Like you're you're happy that it exists. It's not downside, but just. Three mana for two two plus one one. I have liked. Yeah, card's have been very good.
0: I I had cast it and it was cast against me a lot of the previous and every time it was like, ugh, like it's yeah. just putting so much stuff on the board that's hard to attack through on the ground. Could see that maybe being white's best common. I mean, h- kind of hard to upset novice inspector, but yeah, really like inside source. Agreed. Next, we've got Forensic Researcher. This is two and a blue for the one three merfolk detective. You can tap it to untap another target permanent you control, or you can tap it to collect evidence three to tap target creature you don't control. This card's good. Fine. I mean, not like a super high pick or anything, but certainly more playable than I would have thought. Like it lets you ramp early. It turns into a tapper later in the game. It's a detective. I really liked it, like casting it on turn three, curving it into one of the disguised creatures that then you could flip up Mm -hmm. instantly on turn four, like did that play pattern quite a bit uh with my sealed pool at the pre-release
1: yeah i mean just i think this is uh, important to point out as like a this is how kind of free-ish collect evidence is like i had this and i did exactly that like played it on three used it as a mana dork for a couple turns and then it was a tapper and then it was a tapper and my opponent had to answer it because it was a removal spell for me right like so i think just just pointing that out. Uh, next well, up, ch- and maybe
0: even more cool, right? If you actually have a collect evidence build around, it's a free way right. to collect evidence later in the game that's fairly cheap. Yeah, maybe that's even better than I think.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a good card. Chatted about this before. Extract a confession, one in a black sorcery. As an additional cost to cast it, you can collect evidence six. Each opponent sacks a creature. If evidence was collected instead, they sack a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. It's very good, but also can be super awkward i think there are like there are tokens early sometimes right before you have the collect evidence and then also sometimes there's just like like i said things are small you're just i've i've had this in hand against a board of four two twos i'm like well this isn't actually gonna do the thing i want it to do i don't think you can pick it that highly because i don't don't think you want to end up with
0: three copies like I think you're you're pretty happy with one copy is kind of what I would think I haven't played with it but just seeing the types of cards I played against like the inside sources and thopter tokens running around and the the dog walker tokens there's just so many cards that make this to where you you want to be able to collect evidence six and to do that reliably you can't run that many copies of this card
1: yeah Next, I've got Gearbane Orangutan. This was my hot take last week, right? Two and red, two, two, reach. When you ETBs, you choose one. Destroy up to one target artifact or sack an artifact. If you do, you put two plus, plus one counters on it. I'm out on this. This is a big miss. I think it's definitely a secret gold card. I guess either blue, red or red, white with novice inspectors. But even then, I don't think it's reliable. I'm, I'm pretty off this card.
0: Yeah. Do not like Gearbane Orangutan. Next is Goblin Maskmaker. I am also off this card. No, no, no. You seem to be pretty jazzed. This Get is on. The, this is the single red for a one-two goblin citizen. You know, goblins, famous for being great citizens of a functional society. <laughs> uh, whenever it attacks,
1: face-down spells you cast this turn cost one less to cast. I think, so this goes back to... One, there's not very, there's not a lot of good things to do before turn three, I think. Um, obviously, the good things are great. Yeah, and also, Goblin Maker is included in that list, right? But boom, all, roasted, we but got him. Boom, roasted, I'll see myself out. But one <laughs> of the things about this that I thought, like, there's just not a lot of two mana two twos that just blank this as an attacker. Like, you're I think often in, if you play this on turn one, even if you're on the draw, I think you will get an attack with this into a two-one or or bounce off a one three. Like there's just not a ton of two mana two twos in the set. And playing getting to ramp your disguise creatures out, playing your two two ward on two, I do think is a big game. You need like a critical mass of cards, but this is like a sort of like, I don't know, plan B archetype that I'm really got my eye on for the format. That is tough
0: for me to buy into.
1: Okay.
0: But I but I trust your prowess as a limited player, so I will keep an eye on it. Wow. Next, we have Reckless Detective. This is one in red for an 0-3 at Uncommon. Whenever it attacks, you can sacrifice an artifact or discard a card. If you do, draw a card and Reckless Detective gets plus
1: two plus O oh, until end of turn. We we were sort of like, well, it's like an artifact payoff, like whatever. Like, yeah, if you've got clues, that's pretty cool. If you save the mana, no, this card is just busted. This is a You don't need any synergies. You don't need any artifacts or clues. I don't, I think I've maybe sacked an artifact to this and I've attacked with this a ton. It's just a two mana, two, three looter for free. Rummager, right? But yeah, very very good. This card is really, really strong. Next on the list is Nervous
0: Gardener. One green for a two, two with disguise for a green. When it's turned face up, search your library for a land card of the basic land type. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to put... Uh, This card on the list because I think I just shortcutted this to oh it's Civic Wayfinder but there's the surveil lands running around that have types right they have the two basic land types and the way this is worded versus the topiary stomper which has basic land cycling that can only get basics this gets cards with basic land types so you can get your surveil lands with Gardner yeah card's been very impressive next we've got flourishing Bloomkins is one on a green for a zero zero it's plus one plus one for each forest you control. It has disguise for four and a green. When it's turned face up, you search your library for up to two forest cards, reveal them, put one in onto the battlefield tapped and the other into your hand, then shuffle. We both liked this card, right? We didn't have a grading difference on this last week, so we didn't really talk about it. But I think it's worth talking about because it's a maybe a hard card to parse. It's just very good. I when I first read this, I thought, oh, maybe you're going to do like a mono green thing in draft, right? You're going to do the green hybrid costs, get a bunch of morphs, do this. This is going to be huge. Well, as we talked about, the green hybrid morphs are all largely garbage, so you don't want to do that. But you also don't need to. Like If you're just playing nine or ten green sources in your deck, this is just like going to flip up as a two, two or a three, three that draws you two cards and ramps you. This card is really, really strong.
0: Yeah, I like Flourishing Boomkin quite a bit. Next, we've got Push Pull. So this is a hybrid split card. Push is one and Orzhov for a sorcery, destroy target tapped creature. Pull is four Rakdos Rakdos for a sorcery, and you can put up to two target creature cards from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. They gain haste, and you sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Talk to me about this card.
1: So, I mean, I thought looking at this, and we as we chatted about in the previous episode of like you're gonna you're casting push like. of the time right like and you're never playing like just pull in a deck which I do think is true but I am surprised at how often you want to cast pull and I have cast pull multiple times so far with like ETB effects it just doesn't like you think about this kind of effect well you don't if you're not ending the game when you cast it you don't want to cast it. But that's not true because like you get some ETB triggers, maybe you grab a lifelinker and it's just because you're getting two creatures. Like it's a pretty big swing out of nowhere too that if you're getting even just to like grab a thing, ETB, clue, maybe the other thing, whatever gives you a thopter. There's just little pieces of ETB value that'll be left around after this card resolves that I think this is, is pretty, pretty darn good. So help me parse where it's at
0: power level wise like pack one pick one better or worse than shock probably
1: worse than shock okay i'd probably i give it like a c plus i think okay c, c plus on like flexibility i mean so maybe maybe b minus on flexibility just because of like mana cost and you know you get two cards for one but like so it's not better than the premium commons i don't think but like i would have thought that pull rarely came up and it's already come up multiple times cool have you seen this card yet? This rare. We're not. We don't talk about rares very much, but I think I must talk about War Leaders Call. This is one red white, for an enchantment. Creatures you control get plus one plus one. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, War Leaders Call deals one damage to each opponent. I have not seen it. This card's broken. I like. This is going to be one of the best rares in the set. I don't, I don't like this. Just like, sure, you think you're stable, and then, but you can't be stable against this. And one of the big movers up, like curving this into one of the red commons that's, I think we sort of left off the four mana. You get a 2-2 and another 2-2. I had that in my top commons list, friend. <laughs> well, I left it off. It's just insane. Like this card is a dog walker, three points of damage. Like card is a house.
0: Yeah. Next up is Due Diligence. This is two and a white for an aura enchant creature. When an ETBs target creature you control other than enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two and gain vigilance until end of turn. And this also gives the enchanted creature plus two, plus two and vigilance. I played against this a fair amount at the pre-release, and I don't think it's a super high pick or anything. But in, in the white decks that want to push damage, this has a pretty high ceiling, like often forces you into some awkward blocks or some awkward jumping. I was pretty impressed at how much power and toughness
1: it put out. Yeah, I've been trying to, I'm, I'm co- trying to cook a little bit in my head here, thinking about maybe some offbeat limited strategies. One card that like, I, a buddy of mine texted me the other day, a picture of Snarling Gorehound, single black 1-1 one, one menace. Whenever another creature with power 2 or less enters the battlefield under control, you surveil 1. And he was like, what is this? I was like, a bad limited card? <laughs> I, I had that same <laughs> discussion with my friend from high school at the pre-release. <laughs> And I was like, I'd be interested in this if there was like a way to pump it up, right? Like a two power menace creature. Now we're talking, but a one, one mana, one, one menace is not a limited card. So I'm thinking about this in conjunction with the, uh, the green one drop, right? That ETB surveil two, and then you can pay a green to exile it from your yard to put a counter on something. So you get these two derpy, you know, last pick common one drops, but I'm also thinking about curves of Gorehound on one. Gorehound on two, due diligence on three, you're smacking in for six points of menace, and one of your menace creatures is a a 3-3 three, three now. Like, I think I think there's something there. But, but the
0: issue is like I, I kept beating this card too. The issue is there there's great efficient removal. Like, imagine trying to right. land this against shock.
1: Like, the shock's really good. <laughs> Shock's really good. That's the point. Are you are you are we coming around to shock better than galvanized?
0: Like I, I like shock. Listen, I have not been down on shock, but it's tough. It's a tough world for due diligence in that respect. But I think could be a niche twenty second, twenty third card in some types of white beat down decks.
1: I have a problem with. I don't have a problem with us talking about this next card. I have a problem with your description of this card. This is Bubble Smuggler, one in a blue, two one. It has disguised for five in a blue, and as it's turned face up, you put four plus one counters on it. This isn't clunky. It kind of is because it's <laughs> okay, sort of a form not
0: Yeah, but it's not. It's not good in the format. I don't think. Like because a one and a blue two one is atrocious. Like is not I a real.
1: It's not a real card. So I don't you think you ever need to do that, right? Like you think about. Well, this is this. Sometimes, if you just need to play a two drop, it's a two drop. But like, I don't think you need to do that for a two mana two one.
0: Well, but so that's where it's not Soroform Hybrid, right? right? Because like Soraform Hybrid was a functional two mana two two and then turned into a six six. Like mm-hmm. once you play this on turn two, you never get the six five. So it's almost always a you have to play it as a disguise creature and then pay six to flip it up, which is like that's playing concept Tarkir, And I, I don't think you want to play concept arc here in this format. I, I'm pretty off
1: bubble smuggler. <laughs> I stand by my clunky evaluation. You kind of you kind of sold me. I, I'm surprised, but you kinda sold me on clunky. Yes, we got him. (laughs) Next, we've got
0: Crime Stopper Sprite. This two and a blue for a 2-2 fairy detective with flying. You can collect evidence six when you cast it. If you do, you get to put a stun counter on a creature you tapped. Otherwise, you just get to tap a creature. This card is very good. So this was like Frostlings with downside, but this is a totally different format and this card is great in the context of this format i think
1: i i'm with you is this i mean i know you you have a hot take later but sans hot take is this the best blue common yeah i think so all right we chatted about dramatic accusation in the blue aura a little bit let's talk toxin analysis this is a single black trick instant speed target creature gains death touch and lifelink until i turn and investigate have you had a chance to play with this card
0: I have not, no. But I've done a lot of thinking about it, and I've seen a lot
1: of scuttle about it in the Lord's Limited Discord. So it's great with suspect, right? That's the obvious thing. Like, you have a suspected thing. It's a 2-2 two, two menace. They have to double block it, and then you get your three for one, right? Give this death touch, kill kill their two blockers, and get your clue and a little bit of life. I also think it's just good in aggressive decks, which I think Black-White can do pretty effectively. I assume Black-Red can do that pretty effectively in the format, too, where, like, you could kind of just reveal, like your opponent just gets in spots where it's so clear based on, again, maybe how you've tapped your mana throughout the game or whatever. It's just clear that this is in your hand. You could show it to them and they would still have to block into it, I think. Like, I think this card is, it's not, you know, I don't think it's top black common worthy or anything like that. Like, I don't think it's better than the removal spells, but I do think it's quite good. Yeah, that makes sense to me
0: viewing it as an aggressive only card. I think that was what I was, not understanding about it, and certainly way better with suspect. Yes. All right. Next, we've got case of the Gateway Express. This is one in a white for the case at uncommon. When it ETBs, you choose target creature you don't control, and each creature you control deals the damage to that creature. To solve it, you attack with three or more creatures this turn, and when it's solved, creatures you control get plus one plus oh. I have not seen this on the battlefield yet, but after just playing games of the format, this card has to be incredible. Like, it just has to be broken.
1: I I agree that it has to be broken. Also, because of the way it's worded, it pairs pretty nicely with toxin analysis. Give a thing death touch, and then the creature deals one damage. So you you don't need a whole board of stuff to take out something. Yeah, I think case is great. Lastly here, we've got
0: Agency Outfitter. Uh, I was very glad to get this out of my system at the pre-release. This is a four blue blue for the Uncommon Sphinx, a 4-3 flyer. When ETBs, you can search your graveyard hand or library for a card named Magnifying Glass and or a card named Thinking Cap. Put them on the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle. This is also not good just too expensive and like then you have to put a magnifying glass in your deck and magnifying glass isn't great Mm -hmm. and you do like thinking cap is a good card but not in a control deck which is where agency outfitter wants to go like all told it's just weird combinations of effects that don't really fit in a cohesive archetype is the the biggest issue. I
1: feel like if you could somehow get it to be like thinking cap comes into play and auto equip. Like then you're like, all right, I worked hard for my six mana five five flyers. Like, yeah, that's still not good. Yeah. All right. We we've we've got a list of re-ranked top comments here. We're not going to go through all of these, but I do want to just chat about some stuff that has shifted for us. White, we're we're largely the same as we were last week, right? Like novice inspector great, makeshift binding the removal spell great. Inside source, three mana, two, two, and a one, one. Great. Yes. Give us your hot take here, Ben. <laughs> you don't even want to be associated no, with I'm this not, at all. I'm not associated with this, but I, I appreciate I'm here for the content of it.
0: So I have been crazy impressed without cold. I, I mean I liked it in theory, but it played out when I saw it, how I pictured it in my head, which is just horrifically oppressive. It's three and a white instant can't be countered. You tap up to two target creatures, put a stun counter on each of them and investigate like the format. Certainly blue seems to want to play a tempo heavy game when it's not paired with green or black like in blue, white and blue, red. So maybe it's tough for this to be number one. But I think you're going to be going so hard after blue, white decks that you're going to be interested in this. It's just so much time. It's forever and it replaces itself. This card is backbreaking if you have any sort of board presence to back it up.
1: I buy it. Now I noticed in this list that you have, um, the cold case cracker is off. This is the three and a blue three, three flyer. When it dies, you get a clue I had. So in my, in one of my two sealed decks in my blue green version, I had two of those. And I had also two of the, it's just a little redundant, right? That your four drop slot, as we often talk about can get filled up. I had the the green four mana three, three comes with a clue, you know, on the front side and if you drew, draw a second card, it gets plus, and plus one in Vigilance. Those are kind of interchangeable in my mind, but I thought the Cold Case Cracker was pretty good. It was fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's a fine card. Like, it's not bad, but it's also not good. Like, to where you'd want to go after it aggressively no. in the draft because, because you don't it's want four mana. It to die. Well, it's yeah. four mana and you got a 3-3 three, three flyer, but you also then don't want your 3-3 three, three flyer to die.
1: That's fair. Yeah, Like,
0: it's it's just a weird combination of cards, and it doesn't. It's not great at blocking, but it's also not great on offense. And if you're using it on offense, you don't want it to die. I, I don't know. I just felt I felt fine about it. It was also very easy for my opponents to dictate when it died. Like you just didn't you didn't necessarily get the investigate when you wanted to be investigating.
1: That's fair. for For me, I'm on Crime Stopper Sprite as Blue's top common. I had deduce as my number, that was maybe a hot take last week, the one in a blue draw a card and investigate. I think deduce is pretty filler. It might, it might have some applications of synergy, but like, I do think, I just don't know if you had, there's time for that. Like my, I've got to go back to my, my default of like, you just don't want raw cards. Like there's so much value among cards anyway, that just that like, are already affecting the board. Yeah, right. They're like paying two mana to draw a card and then two mana to draw a card. is just, you don't have time for that.
0: I think my my if I could try to summarize how I'm viewing the format right now, it would be that efficiency is king. Mm. Like you really want great rates on the cards that you're playing. When is that's Bla- probably true in Magic in general, but certainly in in formats where the power level is higher, like March of the Machines, or as this one appears to be, the rate matters a ton.
1: When is Black gonna get good creatures at common?
0: I don't know, but it really doesn't have any, which is kind of a problem. So I have I've moved unscrupulous agent up the pick order. This is one in a black for a one one ETBs target opponent exiles a card from their hand. And it's also a detective. Yeah, which is which is pretty nice. Like that's more relevant than you would think.
1: Well, it's I'll tell you what. That's the, the card you're often targeting with inside source is the unscrupulous agent. You're like, that's the detective you're giving plus two plus O oh, in vigilance to, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. To try to trade it for another card. Mm-hmm. It just, I had a couple of my sealed bullet and it felt amazing and sealed just to get on the board, have your opponent exile card. But I imagine this card has to be great in draft as well.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think I'm in for that, but I, it doesn't look like, I do think it, it plays nicely in the black white. I think that black white, like small creatures that can be an assertive space just because you know, you're playing your you play your novice inspector on one, you play your unscrupulous agent on two, like, sure, those cards, like, they're two for ones, you're getting two rectangles from those cards. And I think that black white deck makes use of them with whatever the go wide stuff, the, the power two or less matters stuff and toxin analysis, that sort of thing.
0: So like, another thought that's been rummaging around in my brain here after playing with black a fair amount, and then just looking at the commons again, while we were prepping for the episode. I'm kind of wondering if black is going to be again in a spot similar to where it was in LCI, where it's just very hard for it to be aggressive, aggressive color, which makes me worried for black red. Yes. As the suspect. So I told you, don't
1: don't drink the Kool-Aid, the Watsi (laughs) Kool-Aid. It doesn't have to be aggro.
0: But maybe but maybe there are like enough uncommons that 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 can still work as an aggressive archetype. But but I also do think black is incredible at playing a controlling role certainly excellent paired with blue high hopes for the black white utility thing and then i think black green is also going to have some legs
1: i agree yeah i no, don't no, i don't yeah i'm not getting not, not going in being like oh don't touch black with a 10 foot pole far from it but i think it's worth noting that unscrupulous agent is probably its best way to affect the board other than removing stuff from your opponent's board right are you are you here we're here at red you still have galvanized in the number one spot are you ready <laughs> am i ready wow sure i'm ready there Let's it is people what they want that's what they want and you know you had it already but i think person of interest was off my list last week and that was an egregious error this is three and a red two two when it etbs you suspect it and you make a two two white and blue detective creature token definitely like kept forgetting that this was suspected but like the fact that it's like it's a two two menace plus a two two and that's upside not like don't think about it like it's a two two that can't block in a two two like it's just so good Well, and I think just
0: worth noting, going into games, suspect is a tricky mechanic. Like you need to think really hard before you suspect one of your creatures, because if the tempo of the game turns around, like it is disastrous that you chose to suspect one of your creatures and now it can't block.
1: Yeah, very flavorful, right? Like don't (laughs) want to suspect. Don't don't want to just throw around the suspicions. (laughs) I I think that's totally true. And also just think about attacking when suspected creatures are in play. Is it important? Like just take an extra second when you're thinking about combat. And and the math of the the future turns, because I think that also is going to come up.
0: <laughs> there were definitely a couple of times at the pre-release that I had just had a lot of magic cards on my side of the board. A couple of them were suspected and couldn't block. And my opponents were like, I'm just not going to attack. Just
1: pass. Like the board is too complicated. <laughs> like I didn't really actually have. That's funny. That much board presence. And then looking at green, I actually like the three that you have. So Dervis Gardner, I think, is still clearly number one. This is Again, I talked about there's not a lot of two two-choos running around. This is one and playing this as a two mana two 2 the fact that this just straight up trades with a disguised creature while it's disguised is very nice. I definitely have done my fair share of both disguising this and just playing it on turn two. But I think Nervous Gardener is great. I like V2 Ghazi Inspector in the number two spot. I'm, I'm yeah, here. For, I'm here for that take. That's the card we talked about earlier in the episode. The one in a green one three reach.
0: If you collected six evidence when it ETB, bead, you got to put a plus one plus one counter anywhere and gain two life.
1: And then I think bite down on crime. I got to play with that a little bit, just because of collect evidence six being a little easier to get after. I think bite down on crime number three is good, and I like I like locks it on eavesdropper. The four mana three three get a clue, but it's so interchangeable, and the fact that bite down on crime can cost two mana. I think puts that at number three for me.
0: And if we're viewing the collect evidence as upside, which I think is probably right. Yeah. Right. Just a a slightly more flexible, powerful card, slightly more synergistic,
1: all those things. Exactly. Ben, I think we have time. Let's do it. Roundtable. Roundtable. Okay. So we'll put a link to this draft log in our uh, show notes where you download the episode. If you do that, if you are doing your homework, doing your extra credit, you will notice That the picks that we make here are different than the ones I took. Ben even messaged me. He was like, I like this draft log. Would you have made the same pack one, pick one? I was like, no, I don't think so. So rather than just like go down two divergent paths on air, we'll just talk about what we would actually take here. So Ben, you ready to take a seat at your first MKM draft? Always, always want
0: to do a draft of a new format.
1: So pack one, pick one, you sit down and you see the following cards as options. We got some good commons. There's shock, dead center, single red instant deal to any target unscrupulous agent is here one and a black uh one one when an ETB's target opponent exiles a card from their hand there's nervous gardener so we got three top commons here right that's pretty nice moving on to the uncommons i'm going to shout out Wisp drinker vampire It's the black white signpost two white black for a two four flyer when a, another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control each opponent loses a life and you gain a life And it has five white black creatures you control with power two or less gain death touch and lifelink until end of turn. Been very impressed by this card. I think it's good. There's surveillance monitor three and a blue for a three, three. When ETBs, you can collect evidence for. And whenever you collect evidence, create a one, one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying. And you're rare in the pack. I'm curious, Mr. Blue, black control, how you feel about this is no witnesses two white, white for sorcery. Each player who controls the most creatures investigates, then destroy all creatures
0: I like the rare the the tough part about it is that white primarily wants to beat down and this Mm -hmm. is a bit at odds with what white wants to do not to say that you can't draft a white control deck but just to start with that in mind is a little awkward. So I, I think I would leave the rare here for the most part. I would be trying to decide, honestly, amongst the commons. I I don't think surveillance monitor is where I want to be at the start of a draft. I would rather be in blue and be able to be collecting evidence for sure before going in on that type of card. Uh, I do like the wisp drinker vampire, but I I don't think you need to take a gold card here. I just think there are enough good commons. So for me, I, I would quickly narrow it down to the three commons in shock, nervous gardener and unscrupulous agent. I've been very impressed with cheap interaction. I think I would start with shock over probably agent and then Gardner, but I just haven't played with Gardner yet to really know.
1: Yeah, I, I buy that I, I'm on shock as well. Personally, do you have a, we, we didn't, I have this in our show notes, but I'll put you on the spot. Do you have a preliminary color power rankings? I don't. I, I haven't played enough. And I, I love a color power ranking.
0: I love an archetype power ranking. It's coming next week. Don't you worry.
1: Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's either red or white and getting to start there. Red or white at the top spot, at least. Haven't thought about the bottom half of the colors, but just getting to get into red for shock is so good.
0: I, well, I guess I have thought about it. I, I, I take it back. <laughs> I, now, that, now that we're putting some takes out there, I'm going to get mine out in the world as well. I, I would go white one, blue two. Red three and then black and green duking it out somewhere. But I also think everything seems playable.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we're in in for shock out of this pack. Yes. Pack one, pick two. If it was good enough to take first, it's probably good enough to take second. There's another shock. There's also extract confession, the one on the black edict at common. There's escape tunnel. That's the Evolving Wilds variant. Tap, sack, search up a basic land, put it into play. Tapped, or tap, sack. target creature with power two or less. Can't be blocked this turn. At the Uncommons, there's a Fester Leech, single black. Uh, When it deals combat damage to a player, you mill two cards. You can pay one on a black to give it plus two, plus two until end of turn. Activate only once each turn. And then some red-green cards, right? There's Tint Street Gossip, two red-green for a four-four with Vigilance. Tap, dad, red-green. Spend this mana only to cast face-down spells or to turn creatures face up it's a bummer like i feel like that's not gonna be a real card right like i don't know i'm just not excited about red green
0: disguise that's that's just more due to red green falling flat though than like and not getting great disguise creatures than it is right like, tin street gossip is a bad card it's more than right. it didn't get the good pieces around it
1: i think mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. but uh, Maybe a little early to call time of death. We neither have <laughs> it drafted a red green yet. To- totally fair, and like it might it might be that it's like it's it's good, but you don't need the tin Street gossip or what you know. You think about it this way, or maybe it uh, maybe my my little one drop one man one two that makes the disguised creatures cheaper. Stop what? <laughs> Stop shaking your head. Have you played uh, against frantic scapegoat? single red 1-1 one, one haste when ETBs suspect it and then whenever one or more other creatures enter the battlefield under your control if it's suspected you can suspect one other creature and if you do frantic scapegoat is no longer suspected I, had I some, not had some folks tell me that this was a this was a good little buddy
0: I would imagine in a red aggressive deck that you're happy to play frantic scapegoat yeah chip in for some early damage and then yeah. make your better threat menace
1: mm-hmm. yeah so I guess I have two questions for you one the, the, the easy question is what are you taking here which it's shock you're taking shock number two i would assume yes if this were pack one pick one and you'll notice there's no rare so let's say the rare was a dud are you still taking shock does fester leech intrigue you at all something good to do early get the collect evidence fodder a rollin. i still
0: think i would prefer to take shock but that's more out of caution than anything else like I guess, I mean, if I'm trying to learn, I would take Fester Leech. If I were trying to win, Mm. I would take Shock, because I just don't know how good Fester Leech is yet, and I have very much wanted interaction in the format. Mm -hmm. So I think it wouldn't surprise me if Shock were the right answer, but maybe you take Fester Leech to kind of cook a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think taking Shock number two makes a lot of sense here. You don't want to spread yourself too thin. I think we might end up feeling like, uh, you know, in a couple weeks, like, oh, actually, Pack One, Pick One, Fester Leech is great because... So unique XYZ blacks underdrafted that sort of thing. Yeah. So two shocks under your belt. Oh baby. I'm just my 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 uh, I'm licking my lips here looking at Goblin Mask Maker pack one pick three <laughs> single red one two whenever it attacks face down spells you cast this turn cost one less to cast. This is part of Ethan's misinformation campaign for the PT. <laughs> it. Don't don't let them know. This pack is actually really stacked. There are. Are no blue cards but don't let that fool you that doesn't necessarily mean anything right could just have been no blue cards in the pack to begin with um but lots of bangers at higher rarity even a couple i think fine comments to chat about there's a bite down on crime where are you at on slice from the shadows x in a black instant can't be countered target creature gets minus x minus x until end of turn
0: i don't love it it's okay. fine don't love it. I think it is potentially better than extract a confession now that I'm kind of thinking about it.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but again, I don't love it. It's you...
0: very hard for it to be efficient. And if I'm saying efficiency is important, it's tough to like Slice from the Shadows.
1: I agree. Right. But again, sort of as we're talking, thinking about how good shock is, the fact that, again, shock just like kills other things really cheaply, plus can trade even on mana. The um, selling point for Slice is that it can also trade even on mana with Disguise, but then it doesn't kill anything <laughs> else particularly efficiently. But I'm also not taking Goblin Maskmaker. There's a Reckless Detective in the pack, and that's all I have eyes for. That's the one in a red 0-3. When it attacks, you can sac an artifact or discard a card if you do draw a card, and Reckless Detective gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. But that's not all, and I'm curious about where you'd be at pack 1, pick 1. Again, that same conversation. There's a Meddling Youths, 3 or white, for the 4 or 5 with haste. Whenever you attack with 3 or more creatures, investigate. This card's great. Shout out to you, comparing it to, uh, what was it called? Aomer of the Rittermark. Aomer. I mean, not quite, I think, is as powerful as that, but it's large and in charge.
0: Yeah, card's good. I I don't think you're picking it here. Have we shouted out Undercity Eliminator already? No. I mean, that's sitting in the pack as well. One of our preview cards, three black black for an uncommon. When ETBs, you can sacrifice an artifact or creature when you do exile target creature and opponent controls. I mean, if we're talking pack ones, pick one situations, where are you out on Detective versus Undercity Eliminator?
1: You've been using the E-word all episode. I'm going efficiency. Reckless detective, baby.
0: That's what I think, too. And with two shocks, I think it's a pretty clear reckless
1: detective from this pack. And off to a great start to a red interactive aggressive deck. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have to pick a second color pick four. So I'm curious to see where you go. Or maybe you don't, actually, because pack one pick four with three red cards. There is an escape tunnel, the land that uh, surges up a basic or makes a, a two power or less creature unblockable until end of turn. Then I have my eyes on Crime Stopper Sprite, the two and a blue 2-2 flyer. As uh, an additional cost to cast so You can collect evidence six. And when it enters the battlefield, you tap a thing. And if you collected evidence, you keep that thing tapped for a turn. You stun it. There's inside source, two and a white 1-1 brings along a 2-2 detective. There's also, should we chat about Market Watch Phantom? That was one of uh, your top white commons, right? Have you seen this? One and a white 2-2. Whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, it gains flying until end of turn. Yeah, it's been good. It's only an aggressive card, though. Like,
0: you can't just put it in a random deck. Like, you really have to be wanting to beat down, I think, before you're interested in Market Watch fandom.
1: I buy that. I buy that for sure. So what do you like between Source and Sprite slash would you just delay the decision and take an Escape Tunnel?
0: Well, I think, first of all, just chatting about Escape Tunnel being excellent as a fixer, enabling splashes for face-down disguise cards but also the the last ability of sacrificing it to make a creature with power two or less unblockable. Like, really, you got to be careful about letting your life total get too low because the play pattern of using this on a disguise creature and then flipping up some five or six power disguise creature like from a a green or a blue deck or whatever is not going to be uncommon, I don't think. And certainly it's going to be kind of oppressive in aggressive decks, too, because it's going to be able to chip through the last, you know, two, three, four points of damage on some disguised creature. You know, maybe your opponent stabilizes at three and you make your dog walker that's face down unblockable. So certainly more utility than Evolving Wilds in general. I really like it. I think largely for me, this comes down to escape tunnel versus inside source. Mm -hmm. And hard to know what pick is right here without having drafted yet. But I think that will largely come down to is red, white, one of the best archetypes, which I would expect it is. And if if it is, I think you're taking inside source to try to get into one of the best archetypes. And if it's not, then you would take escape tunnel
1: to try to delay the decision. Yeah, I think that's fair. I should also shout out another card in this pack that I had a chance to play with, which is Repulsive Mutation. It's X green blue for an instant. You put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control, then counter up to one target spell unless its controller pays mana equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. So first of all, I'm surprised that I didn't get the old Mystic Snake argument from you about this. You got to have a creature on the battlefield
0: already. It you is not a Mystic Snake. You got <laughs> to have a creature on the, on the battlefield. That's an exaggeration.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it's not Mystic Snake, obviously. Uh, you have to have a creature on the battlefield. But what I sort of missed about this is that it does two things. One is that it can counter a thing for as long as you have a creature in play. Right. It's kind of manaliqueesque. esque. It's leak esque. But the reverse also happened for me, which is that gotten a bit of a board stall, had this in hand whatever my opponent and i are just going like land go land go land go i'm sitting with like 10 11 12 lands on the battlefield draw this puppy smash all i one of them being topiary stomper my opponent goes oh you don't
0: have to counter a thing
1: my opponent just goes i'm putting a six six in front of your six five trample and i go 10 plus one plus one counters your go and that's what won me the game so you don't have to counter something this can play that sort of uh, role as well so yeah just, that's a pretty versatile card
0: then it's pretty versatile I hadn't, like, I hadn't put that together I'd put the mana leak part together I hadn't put the, the kind of overrun are dead
1: yeah. yeah overrun and it doesn't have to be a trampler like just as long as you're wide enough that one blocker can get through so again another I, I think we're gonna see probably more so in the first couple weeks than as people start to get familiar with things but we're probably gonna see some mixture of like oops I'm dead like we thought the game was going a certain way. It was sort of, and then your opponents like escape tunnel, unblockable inside source plus two plus. O. now you're dead. And you're like, Oh man, like now I got to backtrack and think about if that was inevitable or if there was a way for me to prevent that. And then to learn from that, you know?
0: Right. The, the other thing I just want to quickly chat about here before we, we start to wrap things up is, you know, we talked about play boosters. The other thing that stuck out to me was when I looked through this log and I got to the wheel, I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Like when you get to the wheel, there's five cards left in the pack, which is kind of wild, right? Like I think the wheel is going to matter less. Like that's that's going to be a thing with play boosters, right? Yeah. And and largely going to be probably not that good of cards left.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I buy all that. That makes sense.
0: That did that did strike me as different.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That's that doesn't sound like old man Ben shouting it. Play booster clouds. That sounds like well, and, uh, legit. To be, to be
0: clear, I, I do not want to be pegged as the hater of play boosters. Let's please not. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I am good at throwing <laughs> some shade when it's needed, but I, I do not want to take up that mantle. I am largely very excited for play boosters and for the format. I think it's just going to be a little different, but I think it could potentially be a very good different.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. I mean, this format looks sweet. Again, like I said, it's flavorful to a T. But also, I think there's a lot of wiggle room and I'm excited that uh, face down creatures are back. Any parting thoughts before we go out here? I'm (laughs) sad to say, but because the approach was online, usually I get into the format and I'm like, who cares? What's the best? Like, I'm just going to be cooking. I'm in the lab. No, I'm going to be I know I need to know what's the best, Ben. That's what oh, I that's what I need to do. Don't you worry, this time.
0: me and the Lords of the Limited Discord and you we've the world's biggest limited testing team on that's our That's true. Side.
1: That's very true. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Looking forward to it.
0: Uh, I do have one one last update that we didn't chat about. I have one more update for my pre-release. I would just like to throw out there that I left Night Drinker
1: Moroy in my sideboard where it belongs at the Wait, pre-release. <laughs> you know, I had this in the show notes. I, I decided to pass over it. I was going to be the bigger man, but the people spoke, Ben. You you said, <laughs> let's take it to the Twitter streets. And I, as I was editing and I got to that part of the episode, I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So we put Night Drinker Moroy and uh, Dual Leech, Slimy Dual Leech, into the arena and the closest Twitter poll that has ever been held, that I was watching it with bated breath, like like election night in November, just <laughs> biting my nail as the votes came in. I think we needed a recount. Did it end in fifty-two percent? To 48%. And at 52 to 48 in
0: Nightringer Moray's favor. But that just means there's there's 2% of people out there that are very confused. Or 52% of people out there that are very confused.
1: Wow. Because the leech is the leech is where it's at. I mean, I forgot that everybody, as we we talked about, like we got to start this draft with two shocks. Like, you just get, you always have shock in your hand. So that's going to be easy to kill the 4-2 flyer, right? Yeah, that's the way it works.
0: But I think, okay, can I sell you on this? Can I get one more? Let me ask you this in there. With what we talked about in the context of black, not being great at being an aggressive color, potentially seemingly, does that make you any less excited for Night or Mora? No. No. I'm all in, baby. All right. Great place to wrap us up. (laughs) Thank you, as
1: always, to Salted Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thank you so much to CoolStuffing.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over there and we highly encourage you to do so, please use checkout code LOL when you do, to let him know we sent you there, and more importantly, to get 5% off of anything you purchase. You can find all of our content on our website, lordsoflimited.com. Ben is tirelessly working on our tier list, courtesy of 17lands.com. So that'll be available there for, uh, for all of your early hot takes. Please be sure, don't let him know that it was helpful. Just let him know which cards he got wrong. That's that's how people like to use tier lists. Um, we also have our merch over there. I forgot to tell you, I got a LOL hoodie from T Public, and I got a Magicians Against Data t-shirt to rep at uh, MC Chicago. I'm excited about those arriving pretty soon. Um, so we got our merch over there, we got our tier lists, we got our episode backlogs, we got our YouTube channel, we got our Twitch streams, so much stuff. It should be your homepage, lordsoflimited.com.
0: If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, or if you want to tell us why galvanize is still better than shock, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com.
1: Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for another episode of lords of limited
0: thanks everybody see you later